Noble Dairy Queen's new summer blizzard menu is back and it is stacked. Dive right into the summer celebration with their new peanut butter cookie dough party blizzard. You can sink your red spoon into their world famous DQ soft serve filled with delicious chunks of chocolate chip cookie dough, swirls of creamy peanut butter topping and peanut brittle crunch with sprinkles. If the peanut buttery flavor isn't your jam, their fresh take on cobbler a la mode certainly will. Say hello to the Picnic Peach Cobbler Blizzard. You can also let your taste buds crumble with the ultimate cookie blizzard that features Oreo, Chips Ahoy, and Nutter Butter pieces. Dairy Queen knows everyone loves a good comeback, and fan-favorite blizzard flavors Frosted Animal Cookie, Brownie Batter, and Cotton Candy have made their triumphant return. Summer Blizzard flavors are now available at your Noble Dairy Queen stores with locations in Kankakee, Bourbonnet, Moments, and Mantino. Happy tastes good. People tend to stick to Hello and welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and this is a continuation of uh, our episodes with the Kankakee Valley Theater Association, where we sit down uh, with the director of each upcoming show. Or maybe you're listening to this after the show has passed, but you still just want to know like about the show, about the cast, about Kankakee Valley Theater Association, all that stuff. Um, but hopefully you're listening to this before the show comes out, and that way you can go see it, you can support it, all that good stuff. But uh, I am pleased to welcome... Tyler McMahon, who is the director of The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Correct. I always want to say Edward. <laughs> yes. Edward, Edward Drood. Edwin's not a popular name. Any, well, probably not in this country, at least. No. And is it popular in any country? <laughs> uh, probably only in the UK. If, if there was wow. a place, probably just there. I was just thinking, we haven't seen each other in a really long time. I can't even remember the last time. I think the last time we did anything together was when you were one of our narrators for Rocky Horror. I didn't do that. No, you did something. I did. What did you do? We So uh, Limelight did a fundraiser. Limelight Theater, yeah. when we were still running that, did a, um, it was like a, uh, it's like a dance um, what the heck was it called? It was a dance battle or lip sync. Oh, lip the lip sync. sync. Yeah, lip we did the lip sync battle. Okay. Lip, yeah, that was that was. And that I mean, I don't know. I probably have seen you in passing. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I know what it was. You did one show for us. You came in on our opening night for Spelling Bee and were one of our guest spellers. I know you did that. Yeah. At but the library. I think that was before. No, that was before. That's what I'm thinking of in yeah. my head. Oh, is okay. You did one yes. show thing with us. That was fun. That yeah. was a lot. I was. It was funny you mentioned that because I was sitting at the uh, Kankakee City Council meeting last mm-hmm. night, and they officially made the agreement that the library is no longer going to have the uh, fourth floor where yeah. the auditorium is. Um, that's uh, going to be leased out to someone else now. Right. 
And that's one of the first things that came yeah. to my mind was like, because that's where that was. It was in the auditorium up right. there, you know. Um, so, yeah, just um, it's uh, it's good to see you, though. You and too. I was, yeah. I, was, I was excited for this to just catch up. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because so, um, we go back to when you were in high school. Yeah. At Bishop Mack and working for <laughs> Pat Skelly. You want to uh, you want to throw me under the bus on what you remember from that time? Because <laughs> um, I only did the you only did, you did two. two shows while we were there, Guys yeah. and Dolls. Yes, and uh, I don't South I, Pacific. I don't think I remember much from you. And I mean, I know you were in it. Yeah, but obviously, I remember South Pacific more because mm-hmm. you were a meal. Yeah, and I remember working with you and. Ashlyn? Yes. Wow, I remember that name. Um, <laughs> Ashlyn on, like, the, uh, yeah. on the dramatic scenes a yes. lot. And then on the accent. And then oh, I man. remember um, uh, a director that I respect a lot came and saw, I think, a dress rehearsal and sat by me. And I think you sang like two words. And she went, who is that kid? And it's just like, we've been working We've been working, and she was, like, incredibly impressed. Who was that? Marsha Hill. Okay. She came and saw it, and she was just like, I just remember her going, that kid. That kid's got a voice. And she was incredibly impressed that knowing you were a senior and you didn't seem like that. You seem like this, you know, affluent, rich man that lived on this island. (laughs) She totally believed it. Who liked the young chicks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, then, and this old guy and there's this yeah you know how who knows i don't know how old she was or supposed to be but she was young yeah she, you <laughs> know early enlistment in the army yeah 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 um, but yeah that was that was uh working on that made me really love and fall in love with that show because yeah. i wasn't against it or anything before and then working on it i really really loved that show by the end same uh same for me i was never interested in it at all i had heard of it you know my i grew up with my grandparents talking about it and Mm -hmm. how awesome it was and i was just kind of like yeah okay yeah like but and then yeah i was like oh yeah this is actually really cool yeah this is a fun show (laughs) it's been one of those ones i'm like i'd like to work on that again someday but it's not older shows don't are hard to do they're hard to do because they cost a lot of money and period. Do things. they still cost a lot of money? Those it, Rogers and, and yes and no. It's it's just the fact that they're all period pieces. So it's finding period costumes. Oh. They're usually big set pieces, that yeah. sort of thing, depending on how you do it. So, yeah, it can be it can be costly. So it's hard to uh, it's hard to make it happen at a lot of places. Mm hmm. And I think those shows were just done so many times by yeah. so many groups between the schools and the theater groups in town. It's just kind of like, right, you know, but I bet they'll some of those will be circling back. I again. think so. I think, you know, redo them, think of them a little bit differently, but also you have to educate, you know, the older classic shows. They had to be there for what you have now. The, you know, what we have today, the shows that we have today, they couldn't happen if we didn't have those shows first. Um, and it's funny, it's it's come up a lot over the years since doing it when I've talked about things and I talk specifically about um, 
a, a sequence in it where the one character, Lieutenant Cable, sings about you've got to be taught to hate and fear people. And he's basically saying, you know, racism is a learned thing. And then it goes into an Emil kind of goes more deeper into it. And I always go, that's that's so incredibly poignant to what the world's been like for a while is it you have to learn that you yeah. don't you're not just born with it. You have to learn that from, you know, the people that are close by you and that sort of thing. And they may not even realize they're teaching it to you. Yes. So it's yes. it's it's one of those things where something that is that long ago is so incredibly irrelevant or not irrelevant, but relevant to today. Yeah, because that goes back to the 1940s. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's I guess I forgot about that aspect yeah. of the show. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. But, um, and, you know, going getting more in, into you and, and your career, um, I always even though it was only those two times that I really had worked with you on a show, no one I feel like loves theater more than you. And you just <laughs> you really get into it and you don't get it, it's not just the it's not the typical like, oh, my gosh, that is a. A Broadway person or a theater person, they're a theater geek or whatever. I, yeah. I don't see you in the theater geek mindset. It's more of like, he's really into this. He gets so technical. He gets so involved with it. You really break it down. And I feel like it's it's not in a, a geekish, I don't see it in a geekish way. I, I see it in a different light. I don't know if that makes any no, sense. No, it does. I, it's, theater is one of those art forms that encompasses so much of the rest of, you know, what you would call, you know, job fields, you know, almost every other job field could somehow land within the world of theater. Um, and there's nothing else like it. It's not going and seeing a movie. Movies are great, but there's something about seeing that person live, you know, that's totally different. And it's not the same as going to a concert or anything like that aspects of life theater, you can see those things, but there's just something about it getting to see that and then seeing multiple things and going, Oh, I saw this person do this. And then five years later, see this person do it. Or I saw this person do this. And 15 years later, I saw them do it again. And it was a totally different performance because 15 years of their life have gone by and there's stuff that, they didn't know then that they could know now that they can pull from and go, that's, I have to bring that in. And um, there's just, there's so much to it and you can get so much uh, of your emotions out. And it's almost sometimes whether you're doing a show, that's a comedy or a drama by the end, it can be very cathartic to go through because you're, getting to be someone else. And that's the biggest thing I think about theater and what people don't always understand is that it's a very empathetic art form because you become somebody else. You're never very rarely. Do you play someone that's exactly like you? You can play someone that's very close, but there's something about them. That's not like you. Do you feel like you get <clears throat> typecast and, and roles or do you, you can be, I have, I feel like I've been incredibly lucky I love playing comedic roles. I love to be the, the second banana. Um, I'm going to say this and people that know me are going to laugh because they know what I'm about to say. 
I would play nicely, nicely Johnson and Guys and Dolls the rest of my life. That's that's your. If someone came to me and yeah. said we're going to do a fifteen year tour of it, I'd say give me the fifteen year contract. Let's go. <laughs> I would play it over. I love that part, but I love those sort of roles that are very funny, and I love that because you you do them right. An audience can walk away going, oh, I liked this. I liked, that was funny. I enjoyed that. Make an audience laugh. They'll remember you. Children are naturally drawn to art and the creative process. For them, it can be a form of expression as they explore the materials, gain confidence, and feel a sense of competency as they create something based on their own ideas and efforts. That's why Little Me's studio in Bourbonnet created the Big Kids Art Lab for ages 5 to 12. Little Me's studio crafted this safe space for your big kid to slow down, be in the moment, and be comfortable making messes while trying something new. Big Kids Art Lab meets every Thursday from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. at Little Me's studio across the street from Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbonnet. Studies indicate that art making has so many positive effects for the brain, body, mind, and heart. Enroll in one class at littlemestudio.com or sign up for the entire session and save. littlemestudio.com to sign up for Big Kids Art Lab. Make sure you follow Little Me Studio on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Even if they don't remember what they laughed about, right. they'll remember that, right. oh my gosh, that guy who played nicely, nicely yes. just um, made me laugh so the, hard. The, the last two times I did it, both for KVT, one aspect I did in both was I every scene I was eating. Yes, and you're always eating something different, It was right? something different every scene, and I had people who saw it this last time that didn't see it the first time that were every time the lights came up and I was there with food, you would hear people start to instantly laugh. Oh, what's he got now? What yes. you know, people that would come up to me and just like, because you have it? to be full, and I'd go surprisingly no. You know, it's I would not eat most of the day, so I could do it in a two-hour period. But it's those sort of things where I can in that show and feel very good. And then there's shows I've done where uh, a few years ago doing um, the play Doubt, where it is a hugely immensely emotional show. And got a, you know, you could get a lot of anger out in those last couple scenes with, you know, with, with the nun, everything out that has nothing to do with them has nothing to do with, you know, the scene that's going on, you're pulling your own anger out. And the other part about the, the empathy that I, uh, that I try to tell people about is things like, um, I did it here in town. I did it at GSU, the musical Ragtime, a, one of my favorite shows. And I played a uh, an immigrant from Lithuania. And he was coming to America at the turn of the century. His wife had died. He was coming with his little girl for a new life, which is how this country came to be. Right. And he has one song that he just goes, it's a roller coaster of emotion from how great America is to by the end, he sees how awful America is. And then the show progresses and he starts to see, no, you have to make it great for yourself. And by making it great for yourself, you can make it great for other people. And in that one song, the up and down, it's 
like I said, it's a roller coaster. It it can wind you by the time you're done. You're like, thank thank God I have three scenes before I have to be out there again. But you can get so much out. And but it also made me really realize and think about the journey that these people would go on. And I, you know, being born in this country, I never had to endure that. And learning about it in history, it's not quite the same. Even though it's on stage and you're feeling it that first time that all the immigrants come on the stage and it was all singing in a different language, the same, essentially the same words. But in three different languages, I, they were singing in Hebrew and Italian and um, Haitian, I think. All at the same time, you think this is what it would have been. This had to have been what it was like on Ellis Island when people were coming in. Everyone coming here thinking this is it. And you get that joy. And he goes into this great song called Success where he goes, everything could happen in this country. Things that we couldn't do there, we can do here. And that wasn't always the case. Some people rose to the top. And some people just fell to the wayside because they couldn't handle it. And he, by the end, becomes determined. And it was something that made me really realize I felt more empathy. Not that I didn't feel something for people who immigrated to this country. It's a totally different feeling to realize even today, people who come here, they're just coming here because they need something better. And most of the time, it's not even better for them. His big thing was he needed it better for his child. And he didn't care at what lengths he went to, as long as he made it a better place and a world for her, he could get beat up and, you know, broken down. He needed it, you know, to, to take care of her. Open your eyes to things and go, oh, my God, I never thought of it that way. Um, and that's something that you can watch on a screen. To see it live, I think, in front of people or to be performing it is a totally different animal. And it brings in, it can bring an emotion you never thought about. And so it sounds like, you know, you really immerse yourself in your roles. And yeah. also, I would imagine that's something you encourage when you're directing a show, too. Do you really kind of encourage your cast yes. to do the same and really kind of get into, they call it, what do they call it? Method acting? I don't. There's different. There's different thing. Method acting. I think. I think that's like the you know only call me by my character mm, name. No, yeah. I don't go that far. Okay. I don't need everybody to call me by my character name. Yes. I, I'm pretty good with turning the character off and going back to myself. Um, but I think it's um a, a thing that I try to encourage people to do as an actor to an actor or a director to an actor is research you've you, you've got to study and find out who these people are the time frame you're in um a couple seasons ago directing uh the music man i had uh marcia hill that we already mentioned i asked her to put together this packet of the words and phrases throughout the script that most people aren't going to know what's this you know this song they they mentioned this thing what is this why the the uh, you need a biscuit. Why did that change traveling salesmen's lives? And you do the research and you find, oh, it literally almost took down an entire industry. This one thing. Somebody invented it. The entire traveling salesman business almost got destroyed in by one product. That 
does it make a huge difference to the rest of the show? No, but now you understand. Now you're like, oh, I get why this and that's, is such and that's a, big, a yeah. You can now get degrees in school for being what's called a dramaturg, which is you put all this information about a show together, the backgrounds of characters, the time frames, that sort of thing. Um, we had one when I did uh, the musical Hair a few, uh, a few, several years ago. And while I knew a lot of stuff to go through that and really go, oh, that's how this is connected to where there were definitely, I say kids because they were younger than me, um, kids that were in the show that there was a whole song that the lyrics are just the initials of various things happening. I, I could guarantee you none of them knew what half the initials meant or the various, you know, drugs that were mentioned, what they were or what they did to people. And it's just like, no, I, I want to know this. So I know, oh, if this scene were supposed to have taken, you know, he's supposed to have given this person this drug, that's how it need They need to act this way. Or he hates this person because of this. Well, why? What is the reasoning behind this particular thing? Um, it, that, that's part of it is research. Find that, find that character. Um, don't be afraid to try things. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, could I try it with this accent? You know, looking into it, could I, could I do this? Um, I, uh, I, I was lucky enough, um, a few years ago when we did, um, spam a lot here in town, I did, I was playing Patsy, the guy with the clicking the coconuts oh, behind yeah. the king. <laughs> I didn't know how to, you know, going through the script. I didn't know how to take this character, but I thought, God, that clicking those code, God, that's got to get annoying after a while. <laughs> and I just had this thought and I went to the director and I said, I've got this idea. Could I just absolutely hate everything about being here? Hate Arthur, hate my job, hate everything about this show, get annoyed that we keep singing songs and just generally be the one person that's like, and kind of make the comment. I, there was one point that someone said something, music started and out loud went, Oh, they're going to sing a song. <laughs> and she went, yes, let's try it. And it created this character that every time, Oh, here we go. This is, here we go again. Cause initially Another, that character is just kind of, there's not much to him, but I thought follow. he's, a, he's unfortunately, you know, a servant to the King. That's right. his job. He's not going to get out of it, but he doesn't have to like it. And he ends up being the one person that saves the day at the end, which is the funniest part. In the whole mission, he's the one who saves the whole thing. But it's like going up to that point, you know, I was just like, no. And he's got a song later where the king's like, I'm by myself. No, I've been here. There's got to be a reason for him to be mad at the king. So I went, can I just absolutely hate everything? And it made this character that everyone's just like, that's it. That's what it needs to be. Every face I gave that was absolutely disgust of. <sighs> Again, <laughs> another person's joining this crew. Okay. You know, it, uh, it took that one thing of me going, let me try this. We could have tried it and the director could have said, ah, it doesn't work. Okay. Let's figure out something else. And that's one thing that I do as a director is I very much, I tell every cast I work with is I like my actors to play, play during rehearsals, play as we're blocking, do all that stuff. Because I want to be able to say that works, that doesn't work or that doesn't work, but let's make it work this way. Let's try this. I don't think that'll work. 
but I think if we do it slightly this way, so it's the same idea, but just a skewed slightly, I think that'll work. Um, I think that's what I've enjoyed so much about you and how you direct is yeah. your, just your spin yeah. on, on things. It's, it's right. cool. And I've, I've worked with directors that are very rigid and very, mm-hmm. this is how it needs to be done. And, or this is how I've always seen it. And I'm like, sometimes that works sometimes. Hey, let's not reinvent the wheel for some things, but sometimes you, you, you have to, or sometimes it's like, let's just do it to do it and see what happens. It could work. It could not work, but try, don't be afraid to try something, come up and say, Hey, I was thinking, could I try this? Let's see if it works. Go for it. Have fun and play. And this particular class cast now that's one thing I've been really reiterating to them is um, we need this to be a little over the top. It's a, a note that I gave them just the other night was this needs to look like a bad soap opera. <laughs> I want it over, overly done. We'll tell you if it gets too much. I said, I'd rather it get to that point that I go, okay, it's too much. So now you know where your high and your low is and we find that medium then constantly go and give me more, give me more, give me more. Um, I have no problem with that, but sometimes, you know, get to that high extreme. So we go, okay, that's, <laughs> that's where there's the line there. Yeah. You now know where this line is. Let's find somewhere in, in between yeah. that will work. And, um, and some actors fully embrace it and some actors don't. And it, sometimes it's because they're not used to it. Um, I've also been lucky that a lot of directors that I work with trust me enough to go, I'm going to let him figure this out, (laughs) do his thing, do that thing. And I've literally had, uh, I had a director once that literally said, I'm just going to like give you your physical blocking and let you take care of the rest. And if something doesn't work, I'll say something. And I went, okay. And to hear it, it feels like instant pressure. Cause you're like, Oh, <laughs> okay. I've got to do all of this. And it, yeah. if something doesn't work right, it's on me. But it also made me realize, oh, I've got some freedom to just try things. And I will try things. I will find this joke and then go, okay, n- nobody really laughed at it there. All right. Let me the next night, I'm going to try it this way and see what people say. And let me try it this way. Oh, there's the, okay. They laughed. That's the one. So that's the way it needs to be done. Most people laughed. Great. You know, I've I've had some where sometimes it was like I would do something and I'd listen for a specific person's laugh backstage. And I go, if they laugh, the audience is going to laugh at this joke. (laughs) Or it's one of those you have to hear that joke because it's within a bunch of other jokes to laugh at that. And I'm all good with that. If I say this little under the breath joke and five people in the front row hear it and they laugh. I'm like, they'll remember that. Yep. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, but I would listen for specific laughs sometimes. Okay. That's the one that's where we'll go with. But if you're like, this is what's on the page. I don't want to work with just what's on the page. Yeah. We've got to go create, beyond. Right. Yeah. You want to create something. Um, you know, I, I'm a b- very big person on, especially when we, you do shows that are, already movies or something else. I'm a very big Rocky horror. Perfect example. The three times we did that, I made it very clear to everybody. I said, I don't want you imitating anything of the movie. 
Because if that's the case, then we'll just show the movie. <laughs> right. May as we'll, well. Just, we'll just show the movie. We'll get the license and show the movie on screen. I don't want to do the shadow casting. This is the live show. Please don't act like these people. And uh, uh, my friend Mickey that played uh, Frank the, the second and third time really took that to heart and went, I'm not going to be Tim Curry at all. And I went, I don't want to see that. If I want to see that, I'll go rent the movie or, you know, or stream the movie, whatever, whatever the kids <laughs> it's do. So, yeah, it's, hey, you can still uh, rent and, uh, yes. and stream um, online. Yeah. I think I see an old rusty red box uh, a few places around town. <laughs> they're, you know, surprisingly, they're still around. They're I don't around. know how they've still been in business. People who refuse to, I guess, to, to download and stream things because that's, you know, that's how they get you. Yeah. That's how they get your info. Yeah. Um, True. But he went, let's not do that at all. Okay. Great. And he created a totally different character and went a different direction with that character. And I'm like, okay, those are my, you know, I, that's the standard. Let's flip it on its ear and do something different that now I love seeing and yeah. loved hearing. Um, don't just imitate what this person has done. Um, sometimes I get lucky because I do shows that aren't movies. I know like we're so many minutes into this and we haven't even really right. talked about no. <laughs> Edwin Drew. The reason why I, I kind of wanted to get off into that tangent or not really a tangent, just kind of let you talk about how you like to do things as as an actor and then as a director is just because I feel like people need to really kind of submerse themselves into how you do things because I, right. I I think it's it's a very uplifting and it's very refreshing and I just want people to get a sense of oh like this is going to be really exciting yeah. you know this isn't going to be oh yeah they're doing a play okay let's, it's let's a world you it. never stop learning yeah it you know it, it never changes because your your life experiences change how you interpret things but new new plays new musicals and you make age, you as as you age, your Absolutely. views change, and um, but ju just studying the you know the craft of performance, you never stop learning because all of a sudden, you know, here's a show I saw once, I see it again, I go, oh, I never understood that part. Now I understand it, or oh, I felt like I got a good grip on it here, but now these many uh, this many years later, life has changed. Oh, there's a different way to take that now. I could totally see it being this way. And then just discussing with people, hey, what do you think about this? And they go, oh, that's how I've always thought of it. How have you thought of this? Oh, I always thought of it this way. And then you both go, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> or you yeah. have this discussion and you, you know, you, you, your world opens up, but it's, it's a medium and a craft you never stop learning about because even beyond just the performing on stage, the technology that comes into theater even 20 years ago to what they do now. And, you know, 20 years ago, everything was built sets and now so much is projections. Your career in, in theater is very impressive, I think. Um, and yeah, we could talk up and down all day about it. Um, and that's what I love about you. <laughs> Um, but we should talk about the mystery, uh, mystery of Edwin Drood, yes. though. Um, so what is this show about? So Charles Dickens was writing a book. He laid his pen down, went to bed and never woke up and never finished the novel. Did that really happen? Yes. This okay. is real life. Okay. 
it was the last novel he was working on called The Mystery of Edwin Drood, and it was never finished. And a lot of things that authors do is they leave notes as they're going along. He left zero notes behind. Which is, he, it he was that unusual for him? Apparently, he left no notes behind that. So nobody knew what direction he was going with who the murderer was, who kills Edwin Drood. Who is this detective character that appears suddenly? This sort of thing. And it was like, where do you go? And it's been published since then. And there's been movie versions of it. Um, I have not watched any of them. I didn't want any influence. It's just that the first time I'm hearing about it is now. So. And then sometime in the 80s, uh, a man named Rupert Holmes, who wrote uh, the song, Do You Like Pina Coladas? Yes. I was going to say, isn't uh, that yes. <laughs> the same And he, he's written a lot of other hit songs, but that's probably what he's going to be most famous for. His... Um, his agents, whatever, said, you know what? You should look at writing a musical, which he was like, are you kidding me? Eh. <laughs> and then that sort of came across his mind and he had a copy of it and he started to reread it and he thought. Oh, this could work as a musical. If he said it in the same era that it was written. So the whole show is the Victorian era. As if this was a show that happens not too long after Dickens' death. And this group at the you know, music, um, uh, I'm going to say it wrong and my cast is going to kill me. The Music Hall Royale. The Music Hall Royale. Uh, I've been working on the show long enough now it's completely gone out of my mind. But they are there to perform the premiere production of this mus musical version of what they consider to be be what would have been the greatest mystery novel ever written. And in when he wrote it, a lot of things point towards certain characters that Rupert Holmes went, we're going to take those things out because he got this idea of how do we finish this? I'll let the audience vote. They'll pick the, who the murderer is. And he kept going through. And I just recently watched an interview um, with him because the revival was back in 2012 13 and he said one of the things that drew him the most to it was by placing it in english music hall uh it meant that your leading male or your title male character would be played by a woman oh, in they, drag they as a man they still did that back then oh yeah okay they would have which means all of their songs would be written in a female key, even though the character is a male. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he looked at it and went, here's this character, Edwin Drood, who's going to be played by a woman. And here's this character who, who's his uncle, John Jasper, who's played by a man. And they have to sing a song about being, you know, like the, they're Manly. very close in age. Uh -huh. So even though they're uncle and nephew, they're really, they feel more like brothers this sort of camaraderie brother song. And he goes, how often do you get to write that with a tenor and a soprano? And then later write a really beautiful love song, but it's for two sopranos because one happens to be in drag as a man <laughs> and it works really well. And it's sort of the joke that um, a, a woman that had played it said, she asked him one time, shouldn't all these keys? And he goes, no, it's like, Mary Martin playing Peter Pan or Harvey Firestein playing Edna Turnblad. We know that that's a man 
playing the mom, and we know that's a woman playing Peter Pan, doesn't matter. We can completely let the illusion go and go, nope, that is Edna Turnblad. That is Peter Pan. Doesn't matter that that's a woman, that's really a man. You let go of it and you just go, that's who the character is. And it works in this particular instance. Um, and he just continued on. And so we have things like uh, the chairman, who's almost the narrator. And it's a show within a show. So he took that aspect in. And every every actor that I cast plays an actor who plays a character in Edwin Drood. Okay. So we have um, Mary Schwark, who plays Alice Nutting, and Alice Nutting plays Edwin Drood. So they're all act. They all have an acting character and a character character. Yeah. Which I think they've all just now figured out how to separate them. And it's so difficult because so must many be. so many songs they'll be like, "Are we our actors or are, are we, we our characters, characters in this song?" Yeah. And I have to go. You're your character up until about this line, and then you become the... Man. So really, you're playing two people. Almost everyone yeah. is playing two people in the show somewhere. Um, even if they're not necessarily named, you know, we have um, we have some featured dancers, and they have to be characters within scenes, but then in a certain song where everyone's just an actor, like our opening song, they're all actors. They're setting up the show. And then they go into it. So the next time you see them, they're characters in a scene. But then two scenes later in this song that breaks the fourth wall, they're now they're actors again. Um, yeah, that that has to be confusing be. To, to switch those gears in your brain. I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Now I'm playing yes. an actor. And now I'm playing the actor that's doing the character right. that they've been hired to do for and this so show. And the, so the nice thing about that is we have some characters who... Their actor is more high class English and more refined, but the character they're playing is downtrodden and cockney. So they go, that's easy. Yeah, that is. Boom, right in between these two characters. They're two different people. But then some that are not, they're so along the same lines that the only thing that separates them is the character names. Or in Mary's case, the only thing that separates Alice and Edwin is that Edwin's a guy. And that's all she's not putting on a male voice. We don't want that because it wouldn't make sense when she starts singing. That's what it is. You know, the only difference for her is she has a, you know, she gets a short wig put on and she puts on man men's clothes. But when she's Alice, there's not much, I don't think character wise um, that necessarily changes. Um but it, it were and there's other things with characters. Our chairman at one point has to play somebody, and we said you've got to do a different voice than your own, and just decided tried a couple of different things. You go, okay, that's the voice you're going to do. You have to do that because it's ridiculous, <laughs> and you sound like an old, you know, Victorian prospector all of a sudden. <laughs> yes, that's what we want. Um, but it could be, and it's even more difficult explaining it. Like I, I, I finally figured it out and understood it, but then trying to explain it, we, we had a, a dance rehearsal and we had an actress go, what's going on in this scene? And I happened to be walking away and I heard it and I just flipped around and came back and said, I'm sorry, I guess I should probably be answering that question. Here we go. 
Um, and I tried to explain it. I said, you're not your character in this song. You're the, you're an actor, but the reason, and it wasn't just who are we? It was also, what does this song have to do with the show? And I go, this is one of those lovely pieces where the song has nothing to do with the show. We have a song that just comes up, has nothing to do with the plot, has nothing to do with the show. It's all of them as actors. And then you go, it's a English hall tradition. Not he made it up, (laughs) but it's this English hall tradition to sing this song off to the races that ends our first act. Nothing that they sing has anything to do with the plot of Edwin Drew. Then why not just take it out? He needed a good act one closer. I don't know. <laughs> I, but I think it's that going in that back and forth of we're seeing this sort of amateur theater company put on this show several times in the middle of a scene, he will just introduce the actor that's playing this part and they'll take their bow and then go right back into the scene. So there is no fourth wall in the show uh, really at almost any time. Cause the second you think there is here comes the chairman to tear it back down again, to talk to you, the audience, And go, oh, did you notice? Did you notice that line that they said? You should think about that for the future. Did you notice this that they said? And we have four great ladies that are at the front of the stage that uh, I just gave them the title of the sign girls. They're holding up signs to tell the audience how to react sometimes. (laughs) Um, I love that. As well as pointing out certain phrases. Somebody says this and they're supposed to be going, did you notice did you, did you hear that word, what they said there? Pay attention to that. Did you hear that? Ooh, that looks odd. That looks suspicious. All throughout, just because there's things that are going to happen that you're looking here, something's happening here, you're going to miss it. But they could quickly be like, did you see that? And know that, oh, that can influence their vote later. And that's the great thing he's done is there's so much material there that can point to every single direction of any of the eight possible suspects. Is there a right answer? I know it can be different every night, depending on when, and when do people vote? So there's a whole point in the second act where um, it, it won't really ruin it. They're in the middle of a reprise of a song and he just stops the show cold, the chairman and says, this ladies and gentlemen is where, Charles Dickens put his pen down forever, but don't worry. We're going to finish the show and basically just like you paid. So we're going to finish the show sort of an idea. And they start introducing the four questions that are going to be voted on one. They as a cast get to vote on then, which is, is Edwin drew dead or alive? And then they then go, and he introduces the candidates for this detective that appears in the second act suddenly named Dick Datchery. Who is this detective played by someone else, but secretly is this person because scholars have of Charles Dickens have deduced that Dick Datchery is not a real person. It's a disguise of someone else in the story trying to figure out who killed Edwin Drew or clear the name of another person. So because they've deduced that he's made it that someone else is secretly. So there's five candidates that could be Dick Datchery. 
And then the next step is they go to here's the here's the the possible murderers. There's eight of them. Oh my gosh. And they all give reasons why they could be the murderer yeah. on stuff that you've already heard earlier in the show. And then they go to a point where he says there's also been two secret lovers in the show because we have to have a happy ending. So, so the happy that- ending is that there's two people that have secretly been having a little love trust that you've not noticed because it doesn't actually happen on stage. And then the audience votes for who those two people are. And the thing for us is that murderer will not know they are the murderer until the one person that calls them out says the murderer was and says their name and a song starts that they have to sing. So there's the whole thing that's called the, the mur- every war murderer has a confession song. So when this character says it was this person, music starts, they have to sing a confession song. Is each confession song different? Yes. Okay. So how many d- different endings are there? 44 possible endings. Are you to the kidding show. me? How the heck do you? So, and that's the thing is <laughs> how do you we're doing four that? performances. There's eight murderers. Some people are not going to ever get to do their murderer song. Yeah. But they may also have a chance to sing as Dick Datchery, which is the other thing is they'll all know because there's a certain way we have to do it. They'll know whether or not they're playing Dick Datchery once the votes are tallied. But the only only one person, our stage manager gets to, well, two people, the stage manager tells who the murderer is, the person that reveals it and the sound person. So we can get the correct music ready for that person. Um, And then the secret lovers, only our chairman will know. And the only way those people will find out on stage when he goes and grabs each one by the hand to bring them to center stage to sing their love duet. <laughs> that, I just, that has to be so confusing. And that would make me, if I was in this cast, I would be so anxious as to what is going to be I think chosen. they are, but I think they're also loving it. We, we've, we've just started a little ahead of schedule running the show completely. Um, and on Monday we just decided I, I went online, I went on, you know, online and I just did like a random selection wheel and I picked those four things and then I went and told the appropriate people and our murderer for Monday night had no idea until their name was called. And then I pressed play and they had to go out and start singing. And then the chairman walked over and grabbed the two people and they were like, oh, it's us. Okay. They just have to be prepared. Um, So there's a lot of memorizing of some stuff that they may never get to do. That's the, that's gotta be the hard part. That is, I I mean, obviously in a place that would have a longer run Broadway, that sort of thing, there's a chance you'll get to do it at least once. This one, they may not, um, but they all know that going in. Um, I said, what well, we're going to try our best to make sure that they, every possible person that's up for something gets to do at least one of those things. So you may get to be Dick Datchery for one of the four shows and nothing else the rest of the time, but you got it that one time. You may be the murderer here once and nothing else ever again for those four shows, but you got that one time. Um, and so it's, 
everyone and it's their job to get people to vote for them. So when the voting happens, our ladies go into the audience to collect the handwritten votes from everyone. We'll have a little ballot for them to circle. While that's happening, the cast lights up in the house. The cast is on stage yelling to the audience to either vote for that. I said, you can either try to get them to vote for you for any of the things or get them to vote for somebody else. Mm, okay. Turn the suspicion okay. towards this person <laughs> or over the time. But well, why would I do that? Yeah, I would have me. make it very obvious yeah. and encourage them to vote because some people will by voting time have made up their mind. Others and some are people like, are going to be like, well, I don't know. Well, who are you voting for? <laughs> you know, I'm going to vote for this person because I know this person or I'm going to vote here. So find but, your unique way to right. get voted for. I said, and I'm not telling you what, if you want, you don't want to be voted for the murder. You want to be voted for, for Datchery, for the detective, then figure out a way to get people to vote for you there. If you are like, I don't want to worry about those. I'd rather worry about being one of the secret lovers than that one, I don't know how to tell you, because that's just a luck of the draw of who <laughs> yeah. people like on stage. Yeah, I mean. Um, but that's what we're moving forward with on our rehearsals is we're just going to, I, I had initially planned that we would run everything, all the possible detectives, all the possible murderers, all the lines for the lovers, because they each have a set of lines before they start singing. And the cast is like, can we just start? you just start picking the murderers, start picking everything. So we get used to it. Awesome. And to be fair, I won't just be picking them. I'll let this internet app pick them. Great. And we'll go from there. Um, and it's, I think that's the best part is I told them, I said, I want it to be a surprise for even you as a performer. I don't want it to be obvious. Cause then I feel your reaction is going to be too obvious. Yeah, it'll if make you're, it we're sitting there waiting for them to like, okay, I'm the murderer tonight. Yeah. Just waiting for them so I can react a certain mm -hmm. way. No, it should be when they say the murderer was, you know, blah, 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 for you to go, I want to see that look of, oh, no, I've got to remember my lyrics now. <laughs> That's what I want to see. The audience may see of it as a shock of, I've been called out. I'm going to see it as, I just saw their life flash before their eyes as they went, what's the first word I sing? <laughs> oh, no. This is a really, really unique show. Yes. I've never heard anything like this before. It takes a murder mystery and kind of turns it upside yeah. down almost. It is. <laughs> I know? mean, I, I've, we, I've been in murder mysteries. You know, they're usually not musicals. No. But this is the, the one thing about it is that there's so much material there for you to really, by the time you get to vote, go. Oh, I don't know. It could be this. Is this too obvious? I, you know, I noticed this before. Is was that to throw me off? Was that was this to throw me off? Who do who do I pick? And you may end up being the only person that votes for this character. You're not going to know that. But that's the thing is that that's sort of the joy that we'll have a tally board in the back that we can go. Hey, guys, by by the way, on this night, such and such got. Two votes. <laughs> Two people believe they were the murderer. Yeah. Everyone else picked this person. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you did, but two people thought you killed him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's sort of the fun about it. Come and see it because you get to vote. Yeah. I mean. Come and <clears throat> see it because it's incredibly funny. And these actors have worked their butts off for it. 
Um, well, and, and touching on that too, I mean, is there um, anyone part of the cast and the crew you want to give a shout out to? Everybody. Yeah. There's really nobody. Um, they all do stuff different nights. You know, obviously there are in any show, there's always some characters and some actors that have a lot more involved. Um, and so for example, our, our sign ladies in the front without an audience, they don't have much necessarily, mm-hmm. but they have started to do certain things that I've said, let's react that way. Do that. So then if you react to this, they, so one of them reacted to something and I said, okay, let's keep that. But in order to do that, I need you to react to this that happened six lines earlier. React to that. So then this makes m- even more sense and is more plausible for you to react to this moment. Then if you don't, and then that's there. Yeah, it makes sense. But now it gives more for the audience to even go, oh, okay, we can react to it more. And just having fun so they don't feel like we're just here to do this. And I was like, I don't want that. I want you at any time to be, you know, don't have a conversation with the audience. But hey, hey, notice this, notice that. Hey, are you, you know, are you paying attention? Did you see this? That obviously for them, they have to have an audience, which I I feel bad that they won't have a full audience till then. Right. But doing it now gives them a little bit. And I said, it'll make a much bigger difference once they're there. And once you start holding this sign up and they're going to go, oh, okay, that's funny. We should applaud. And you can be like, no, applaud. Like (laughs) you can be a little gruff with them and a little rough and be like, no, do this. You're supposed to do this now um, and can even go to a point that they can be mocking the audience a little bit. Hmm. I've really been lucky in the last several shows that I've done where it's been fun to just go to rehearsal. And while I am one of those people that eventually you get tired of watching the show night after night after night because of how this one is, you can't because it's not going to be what I saw yesterday. It's not going to be what I see tomorrow. They keep playing and they keep, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. All of a sudden, I'm going to say this word in slightly, you know, mispronounced. Okay, what was your reasoning behind that? Sometimes it's been, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't tell them not to fix it or to fix it. Okay, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And it's. It's another aspect of no two shows will be the same because I think they're going to continue to play even to the last performance. Let's have fun with this and let's be goofy with this. You know, do not come to this thinking you're going to see a serious Dickens story. I don't think if he saw the show, he would recognize his own work. Oh, I'm sure he wouldn't. This I think he not... would probably go, I didn't mean for this uh, to be funny at all. Yeah, this is not funny, guys. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, that yeah. that's a, a great thing. If you're if you are a Dickens fan, I think you'll enjoy it mm-hmm. um, because it's almost one of those lost treasures of his. Yes. And like you said, most people go, wait, what? Right. Yeah. I He. There's a novel out there of his that he never finished. Yeah, I never, didn't, yeah, I thought that was made up. I didn't, and then I didn't to find out it's real and there's yeah. a musical based on it is even crazier. And I think it's even more crazy that that's how people are going to find out this novel exists by seeing this musical or hearing about this musical. Yeah. 
um, the even coworkers that I've said it to and they went, wait, that's a real thing. <laughs> it doesn't sound. Oh, real. I'm getting tickets for that. That sounds <laughs> ridiculous. I'm like, you're going to escape and just have some laughs for a couple of hours. Yeah. While these people act like, you know, overacting, uh, you know, fools on stage for your entertainment. Well, yeah. And, and speaking of tickets too, yes. um, you know, you can get those at kvta.org. Um, the uh, show, the shows are, are Saturday, February 3rd, Sunday, February 4th, and then Friday, February 9th, and Saturday, February 10th. Yes. Um, you've got uh, matinees and you've got evening shows. We've got three evening and one matinee. little different because... We don't oh, want that's to, right. I didn't notice. Yes, that. it's a little different because we don't want to compete with the Super Bowl on February 11th. Oh, I forgot about so that. So they're doing the 9th and the 10th. And I can tell you as of Sunday, um, theater holds about 150. I th- believe we had 106 tickets sold for Sunday already. So nice. we are tickets are starting to sell. And we haven't at that point. We had done almost zero publicity yet. OK, the posters hadn't gone out billboards, radio stuff, nothing had happened yet. We've already sold, um, 70, 80 for opening night, 106 second weekends, a little less, but that usually works out that way. Cause word of mouth. Yep. But if you are a person that needs to see a matinee, get your tickets as soon as you can. Um, otherwise you're going to be stuck with one of the evening performances, but you know, if you're laughing, that time's going to go by. Oh yeah. I think that's a a great thing. Even if a show might be long, which I don't think this show's really not too long. You can have a show that's three hours. If you're laughing, you're going to forget. You're all of a sudden going to go, Oh wow. I hadn't even felt like that time went by. Yep. When you're doing a show that's long and boring and you're going, Oh, I am noticing every tick (laughs) on my watch. (laughs) Oh yeah. Is it over yet? Uh, When's the, you know, I've been in the audience for some of those shows where I'm like, Okay, okay, two more songs and we get to have an intermission and I can stand up. And then uh-huh. somewhere I'm just like, oh, oh, this is this is the last song of the show. And I didn't even realize how much time had gone by. Yes. I can say in a humble opinion, this is one of those shows. Cool. You will laugh and you will have a great time. And the show is a little interact beyond the voting. There's a lot of interaction. Um. So. It'll be keeping people awake. Absolutely. Because you don't know who might get called on from the audience or pointed out by somebody in the audience at some point. Um, You know, it's don't, uh, don't be afraid if someone calls you out from the cast and you have to say something back to them, (laughs) it may happen. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can't necessarily control uh, Rob Beicher, who is playing our uh, chairman. I can't control him. If he feels like going off script and calling out people, um, you know, he may do that. That's that's not a that's not permission, Rob. If you happen to listen to this later, um, that that's not an okay to do that. But if it happens, it happens. Just just do it. Yeah, do it. Do it, man. He he really he really die. He is. Oh man, it's it's. I'd say ninety. 85 to 90% of the lines in the show are his. Okay. He has He's got a lot. long monologues introducing things and he is working himself to do it all. The other hard aspect about the show is on the small stage and not a 
necessarily a big dancey type show. Uh, my partner Thomas is uh, assisting me and choreographing the show. And that's been a thing to figure out is we only have, uh, I think we figured out we have nine feet from the front of the stage to where the proscenium is um, much wider space, but that deep of space to do scenes and dances. Um, and that's been a fun challenge for him is to figure out how do we take the opening song that's got everybody, the closing song of act two, this big song in act or the closing song of act one, the big song in act two, that's everybody. And they've all got to be on stage and dancing around and moving. Okay. And he's done it and it works. And it makes me want to move around with them and they're having fun. And he's, he likes to challenge, which is what I love about the way he creates things is I'm not just, uh, he's not, I'm going to make this easy. I'm going to make this hard. We're going to do this. And then as we go, I'm going to progressively change it because I want to see how you guys go. And if you can do that and do it well, let's try to make it a little more difficult. Let's try to do this. Let's add this or, me coming in and saying, could we change this? And thankfully, when he listens to this, <laughs> I can be like, he's never ever in the shows he's choreographed for me said no. I've told him no for things he's wanted to do. I This I can believe. Yes. <laughs> but most of the time, it's, it's more logistical things. And I go, no, we can't uh -huh. do that because of this or no. You have to remember it's Victorian era. We can't do that. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But for me to go or for me to say, hey, could we, I have an idea. Could we try this for this number? Well, let's try it. Let's see if it works. Let's figure out how to make it work. Even if it's a timing thing, let's figure out the timing and make it work even better. Um, and to have him go, yeah, let's do that. And the cast to go. Ooh, that, yeah, let's do that. Let's make this work happen. You know, this and uh, work and happen this way. It, it's, it's a dream. I think for anybody that's a director to just have that sort of freedom with everybody. Yeah. Um, and they have, they have done that. Um, I'm excited for it to perform. I'll, I think I'll probably actually be sad because it may be the only time this show ever comes through in my life that I'll ever see it because it's so it's very unique, rarely produced. Yeah. I never thought it would happen when they announced it. I think a lot of people are like, what? Wait, they've heard of this show. <laughs> Someone else has heard of this musical. Um, I have the soundtrack and I've never even listened through the entire thing until, <laughs> um, until the show came about, and then, right? you know, and there was aspects about the show until I read through it that I didn't even know. And I'm like, Oh, that whole page of butt jokes. Okay. All right. Did not know that existed. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone go see uh, the mystery of uh, Edwin Drood and uh, get those tickets at kvta.org. And yes. uh, Tyler, this has been great. Thank you. So, yeah. I appreciate it. We'll have to do another, another night of. Oh totally my gosh. Stuff. There's yeah, there's, there's so much more to, to uncover, but uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I appreciate this and this was fun. Thank so, you. Yep. Okay.